Michael Neal Jr. here on a Saturday night. And Christmas is upon us. But we welcome you into the All Sports Solo Podcast. Michael Neal Jr., one of two of the Light Brothers. And you guys, I know you enjoy what we do, but this is designed for sports only. Uh, tonight, just wanted to hit a little bit of NFL, talk a little bit about Drew Brees, the NFL's playoff picture. And I also want to talk about the college football playoff and what we should expect. So getting right into it, uh, it's the NFL's 100th anniversary. And one of the things about it that I love is all of the history that surrounds this league. Um, that's, a, again, one of the things that got me into football and got me into sports. Uh, I talked about that last week. But with this one, th this, this season is special. It's NFL's 100th anniversary. And we can see in all of the games that have been played in prime time, so most of them in, in um, prime time, but there are 17 games of significance that were scheduled, of course. When we look at the schedule on paper and we don't really think about the historical aspect to the reason why they scheduled these games, of course. We're just looking at the rosters. We're looking at the teams. We're looking at exactly who's playing in these games. And obviously, when you look at some of them, it's like, oh, God, that on Monday Night Football? Or, of course, what always ends up happening, someone gets hurt, and especially at quarterback, and it's never the same. So when you look at a lot of the games that were scheduled, I mean, you have a bunch of rivalry games, some Super Bowl rematches, um, say like Green Bay and Chicago, rivalry. Green Bay and Detroit, rivalry. Um, but then you have some of the special games. You have the, the uh, I think it was the week three, the LA Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. It was a repeat of the 82 AFC Championship game. If anyone remembers anything about that game, the one image that's burnt in my personal mind is that of Kellen Winslow Sr. being basically walked off the field because he was so dehydrated. He didn't done so much. It was a really good game. If you watched it, I didn't watch all of it. I just, you know, you could only watch that on YouTube or if they play it on NFL Films, NFL Network. Um, then there's games like the Dallas and Miami repeat of Super Bowl six, Oakland and Green Bay. Uh, Kansas City and Green and Green Bay Super Bowls one and two, um, Atlanta and New Orleans they played a couple of weeks ago September sixth, uh, two thousand six. No, excuse me, September twenty fifth. That's my son's birthday, my oldest son. Um, two thousand six. That was the Steve Gleason uh, block. This is after Katrina, and they're playing their first game. I think it, it was the same year that they got back into the dome after everything that city had went through. And that really kind of changed the tide. Um, New England and Philly and, and on and on and on. You had some historical games like the Music City, Music City Miracle, Buffalo and Tennessee. The Heidi game, Oakland and the New York Jets back in, uh, in the 70s. Um, the Battle of Ohio, you know, I mean, we see that every year, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Um, the Holy Roller game with Oakland and uh, the, the uh, L.A. Chargers. But 
Then there was another one that was played this week of significance. And it was the repeat of Super Bowl 44 in which the New Orleans Saints defeated the Baltimore Colts, excuse me, the Baltimore Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, repeat of the Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees game pretty much. I hate doing that. I don't know why I do that. Anyway, um, and it was also the 10th anniversary of that team winning that Super Bowl back in 2009. Um, Yeah, I did forget about the Jets and Browns. That was a stinker of a Monday night football game. They were down to their third quarterback by the end of that game. Anyway, that was the 10th anniversary game. And of course, Drew Brees broke the the touchdown record. Um, And all of the things that I've heard this week and even discussed um, this week, one thing really came to mind. There's a difference between good and great athletes, or let's just say athletes in professional sports that are actually successful. And I mean really successful and hold a place in the league, let's just say for 10 plus years. Drew Brees is in his 19th season. And for me, it is all mental. It is totally mental. How many of you all out there have ever seen, you you played the games, you played basketball or football or baseball, and there's a guy who was just phenomenal as a high school athlete, and either they did one or two things, or maybe even three. They had a significant injury, or maybe they ended up dead or something like that. They were killed. We've heard tragic stories, both for those who have actually died, or maybe they got hooked on that stuff, some drugs of some sort. And you have things like that that throw some of the best athletes. They were the best athlete on the field every time they took it, but they never made it even out of high school, much less out of college. And maybe once they got to college, something happened. So we have tragic stories. But let's just say when they do, and when you look at the NFL and the NF, the NBA, Major League Baseball, these guys are the best of the best of the best athletes in the world come from all over, right? And what you have is are guys who are not only physically gifted, but I believe that the best of the best are mentally gifted. They defy odds. They don't necessarily fit the mold of everything. Drew Brees is a six-foot quarterback. There's not a whole lot of six-foot quarterbacks out there. I mean, I remember between the mid-90s, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, and I would would always go in Kroger's or something like that and buy the magazines with the, you know, whether they're Athlon magazines or, uh, you know, they have the NFL uh, or college football, you know, rosters and all of those things, right? And what they have in them uh, in the store, sometimes they would have the draft magazine. And they still sell them, I believe. They between what, Street and Smiths or some other magazines. I can't remember exactly who it is that um, has them, but what you have is a magazine that I was buying and I would look in those things and what I learned was what they expected as far as height, weight, speed what fits the mold of the typical quarterback wide receiver running back 
linemen, offensive or defensive, defensive back? What are the expectations? And you have the prognosticators. They come on. They talk. You have the McShays, the Todd McShays of the world. You have the Mel Kuypers that have been doing this for years. And let's just be honest. You can only know so much. And a lot of this stuff, especially in this business, in the sports industry, with media, it's glorified guessing. We have no idea. We can even we can look and see that someone is gifted. And we never do learn, but we always want to put them at the very top and say they're going to be great. They're going to do this or this guy can't do this and they can't do that. I listen to the Dan Patrick show all the time. And just as an aside, I am in the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting and I graduate next year. Thank God. Um, and it's part of the reason why I'm doing this, because this is what I want to do as a as a profession. That is why I'm doing this. I love it. I really do. And listening to his show all the time, one of the things that he does during the Super Bowl week, they bring in quarterbacks or different players, whether they be Hall of Famers or current players. And what I love that he does with a lot of the current players is that they'll bring them in wherever the site is and they'll read to them or Dan will read to that athlete the positives before the draft and the negatives that they, what they said they could do well, that they did do well and what they did not do so well. And a lot of times, like I said, it's glorified guessing. They end up looking kind of dumb, just to be honest. But I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the nature of the business. You have no idea. There are things that I can have opinions on and I'm not going to be right. You know, it's not possible to know. We're not all knowing. And that's a part of the fun of it. Some stuff you say, or some people say, is just, I don't understand where it comes from. Just plain dumb. Certain big time sports casting people, which claim that they've been doing this thing for X amount of years. And I think sometimes they watched all of these sports and attended all of these sports events with blindfolds on. Because it's like, you can't possibly believe what is coming out of your mouth anyway. But what you have is, is, you know, he'll have them or he'll read them. And I think maybe his, he actually had them read them. Uh, actually he has them read them. That's what, that's right. He lets them read their, um, what the scouts or whatnot, what they said about them. And Drew Brees did his, I do not remember verbatim or exactly, ex you know, what his positive and positives and negatives were, but you can imagine. Yeah. He was too short. Maybe he didn't have the arm coming out of Purdue. Maybe his system wasn't the system that an NFL quarterback should be able to run under Joe Tiller. And they ran a spread offense and he had the ugliest face mask, but he threw the football. He threw the crap out of the football. 15 was back there slinging it back then in those big 10 days. Um, but what I learned about Drew Brees is that, yeah, he is very competitive and he took everything that was said seriously, even to this day. He's in his 19th season right now. And this was two years ago, maybe, maybe three years ago. And afterwards, and Dan will tell you if you listen to his show, 
he asked on there, you know, if he could keep it. I don't think too many of those guys do that. It's like, oh, this is great. You know, they were wrong about this or maybe they were right about this. But how you like me now? I mean, if you're on the Dan Patrick show, you're on a big show, then you must be doing something right. <laughs> so he wanted to keep it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's mental. It's mental. I think the best athletes can do and adjust and they're able, able to play their best when it's mental. I could talk about that because myself, I had my issues when I played football. I did. And I'm not putting any accolades or flowers on myself because, you know, period, point blank, I was a decent high school player. Some people, you know, they say that I was a pretty good receiver. Um, but I didn't work hard enough. I didn't. I didn't work hard enough at my craft. If I did, could I have at least been really good in college? I do believe that. And I'm sure a lot of other people will believe that too. I, I do believe that. But I didn't work hard enough. I didn't. Um, and frankly, uh, I was, in my junior year, it was purely mental for me because I did all kinds of things in practice, one hand catches and and doing all of the things that I did. And when I would get into some of the games, we didn't throw the football much. So there weren't a whole lot of opportunities. There were times in my junior year where I just straight up dropped the football, just came right off my hands. Run my routes, got open. Right off my hands at times. And people would look at me, it's like, come on. And I remember my coach during one practice he said to me in front of everybody, you know, he, he you know, he wasn't going to bite his tongue on it. Coach Richard Core, Weiss Creek High School in Weiss Creek, Tennessee. He said basically, and I'm, I don't remember the exact words, but he basically said, Neil, you do all of this stuff in practice. You, you know, I need you to catch the football in the games. Don't, don't we're not starting you basically for our health, you know, and it was mental for me. That's what I had to learn. It was a mental grind. I wasn't scared, but I remember before my senior year, me and my coach had a little meeting, just me and him. And he basically told me to relax. When I started coaching football, little league and middle school, I had to tell players to do the same thing. I told them like he kind of told me, for, you know, in so many words, just play like you do in the backyard. You don't care. Just play without care. Play carefree. And that's exactly how I did. I had a great, well, it wasn't great. I mean, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> it was a good, it was a really good senior year for me. I don't think I dropped a pass that season. I may have dropped one in practice, but not, no, I did drop one. I did drop one. Uh, one of those diving catches where, you know, the ball kind of comes out from up under you. Right there in the corner of the end zone by the tree. Everybody that went to White's Creek, they know exactly what I'm talking about. That that highlight is actually on our high school yearbook, yearbook 1996. Um, but anyway, it's mental. Um, you have to decide that you're going to want to have to do things. When you exercise, and I, I know I was really, really big into exercise for a, a long time. I need to get back on it. I got hurt. 
no excuses at this point. Look, I have to, I have to. Um, but you have to want to do it. I started off doing P90X and eventually I graduated and did T25, but it took discipline to do all of those things. You had to eat right. You couldn't drink Cokes. You couldn't eat a bunch of white, you couldn't eat white bread. I had to cut a lot of things out of my diet. I started drinking unsweet tea and I still do to this day. You know, there's some things that I still do, but it took discipline. How did I lose all the weight that I did? How did I look, you know, the the way that I did? I never missed a day. And if I, well, actually I didn't, I had some times where I couldn't work, get my workout in. I would double up the next day and it would bother me whenever I would miss, miss something or mess up. It would bother me. Even if I had a cheat meal, you know, every now and then, like once a week, maybe I would, but I just felt like it was putting me behind and that took extreme discipline. Not everybody out there has discipline like that. It takes discipline as to be a professional athlete. And I will, one day I will have some athletes to interview. And that's the, the, the thing I want to really get into the most, the psyche of the athlete. What are the things that they think about? What is it that keeps you going? Because let's be real. If you're just making money, that's different. You can make money, but you get settled you'll get not complacent. It's the opposite of complacent. You'll stop. You wonder why some of these athletes, after they make the money that they do, why they have bad years after that. That's because they've gotten satisfied. Drew Brees, all of the things that he has done, he's not satisfied. Tom Brady, he was a sixth round pick. He's not satisfied. He could carry himself real easily like he's got it all, like a lot of these young cats do when they're out there on the field. You know, it's just ridiculous. Drew Brees Monday night against the Colts, and it was the 10th anniversary, he broke the touchdown record. Primetime, once again, he broke the yardage record. He's the all-time leading passing yardage leader with over 72,000 yards. Um, Broke that in prime time last year. This year against the Colts, he, he is now sitting at 540 passing touchdowns. Now, could he get passed? Possibly because Tom Brady um, today against the Buffalo Bills, they won um, a quasi playoff game, won the division at 12 and three. Matter of fact, won the division. That was a nice game. Um, but uh he only two, he threw one touchdown today. He's not the same Tom Brady right now. That offense is not the same. But he's at 539. He's tied with Peyton Manning. Manning was the, the leader in touchdown passes. Breeze, 540. Um, he's probably going to hold on to that. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens going forward. But it took a lot of work. If anyone um, has not seen Reggie Bush's I think it was like it was a little short video that he took. I didn't even watch the entire thing. But after practice, Drew Brees was the only one still left in the facility, the training facility, I guess, in the indoor facility. And he's going through mental reps without a football. It takes that kind of dedication. You have no idea. 
what it takes to be, become a, a professional athlete, the work that it takes. And the thing is, we, I mean, we get to see some of these things now. There were things that were hidden from us. You can only hear stories. We get to see video. We get to hear about them talking about these things. And um, But we get to see the videos on these things now. They have documentaries and all kinds of access. And Breeze, in his 19th year, 40-plus years old, and that's the reason why he's still great. Now, I have to address Will Kane. He said that George, um, that um, Drew Brees was not even in the top 10 as far as quarterbacks all time. Well, <laughs> I beg to differ. Now, if you know anything about me, I'm not a guy that's going to be uh, ranking quarterbacks all time. I'm not in that business. I got out of that a long time ago because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, errors matter. I honor everybody's error. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of this era. Joe Montana, probably the best quarterback of his era. Johnny Unitas, the greatest quarterback of his era. I mean, that's kind of the way that I see that. So I think John Elway, between John Elway and um, not Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers are the great, are the most talented quarterbacks of their eras. Uh, personally, I'm, and I understand that as far as the best passers, you have to look at Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino. These guys sling the football. Because if you really look at it, I mean, if you want to make some comparisons, I look at Joe Montana as being Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. I look at Dan Marino. I look at, I compare him with Peyton Manning. They're passers. Tall, in the pocket, not going to do a whole lot. It hurts you to watch them try to scramble. You know what I mean? And when I look at those comparisons, yeah, John Elway was was more like Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady is Joe Montana. I mean, I'm just going 80s and 90s. I'm not going back to the 60s. I mean, if I can't, I mean, I can do that. I can say that <laughs> Johnny, you and no, no, none of y'all saw him play unless you're just that old. But Johnny Unitas, he was the passer, just like Manning. And before Manning, Marino. I think Bar Starr was Joe Montana. Just like Tom Brady. Now, I don't know exactly who I would pull. Maybe Fran Tarkenton. Someone like that. I don't want to go that deep. But those are the things that, you know, you have to think about when you make those comparisons. I mean, there are a lot of great players who I believe overcame something. Size is not, you know, a real big factor in those books that I was reading when I was younger. It doesn't matter how tall you are. Now, these days it really doesn't because the game, I mean, it's physical, it's football, but it's not as physical as it used to be. It's not as hard to play offense now. It's easier to play offense, harder to play defense. 5'9", Steve Smith. Doug Flutie, Flutie Flakes. I mean, 
that guy for the times that he was playing in the NFL. I know he was a CFL legend, but these guys, they were great in their own right. Bob Sanders, Deshaun Jackson, like 5'10", weighs a gram. That kid can run. Ever since he was at, what, high school, Long Long Beach Poly, no one would know that (laughs) unless you keep up with recruiting like that. But he, he was small, but he's great. Aaron Donald, the best defensive lineman in the league. He's undersized. But he's he's put together in all the right places. How about that? Russell Wilson, he's just the same height as me, 5'11". But that guy, he can scramble, he can run, he can throw. There's, he has no weakness. Name me one. Name me one. I don't understand how we got locked into this stuff in the first place, how in the world that came to be, but We'll examine that coming up next. We're back. So uh, this is a football Saturday. I didn't watch the first game because I was working and um it looks like the Houston Texans won the AFC South division, a 23-20 win over Jameis Winston and the Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And once again, more interceptions um, for Jameis Winston. Uh, I heard this week he might be the first 30-30 guy that's not good. You know, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. I hope not. Um but uh, Bruce Arians, hopefully they can turn that thing around. Um, right now I'm watching the Rams and the 49ers. Second quarter, uh, the Rams were up 21-10. 49ers, they keep battling back. They're in, um, they're in San Francisco, and, and the, they need this. They really need this. The 49ers need this. Never told the story about why I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I, I'll keep it simple because, I mean, I grew up and I've told y'all before, I am a late bloomer. And but either, either way it went, I watched football pretty religiously um, at at, uh, at a point during my young career, <laughs> uh, which there really was no career. I did not play anything. Um, when it came to football until late, I tried to go out and play for, I think it was the, the, uh, Graymar pirates. By the time I went to go sign up, it was time. It was the next day. That was on a Friday. I rode my bike down to brick church, middle school, the old, old brick church, middle school. And they had a game the next day. So that was out. So I started playing in middle school, seventh, eighth grade. And, um, the rest is, history and um i enjoyed my playing days uh how few they were um but as far as keeping up with sports and having a sports team the 49ers were my first team um jerry rice my favorite player um i i I was a 49ers fan through and through but it got to a point where i had to understand how sports went and how does that what, what what am i talking about what are you saying mike i'm basically saying that I didn't understand trades. Now, keep this in mind. The entire 
first half, let's just say the first 75 years or 70 years of football, really this stuff didn't really start until what, the beginning of the 90s when free agency just blew up and you had a lot of guys that were changing teams going back and forth. And what I ended up um, having to endure was Tom Rathman finishing his career in an Oakland Raiders uniform, watching Ronnie Lott go from being in a 49ers uniform to playing for the Raiders and the Jets just didn't even look right. And of course, the crowning moment, other than Roger Craig also going to Oakland, I think they just didn't want to move. Um, Jerry Rice, of course, he just, he strung that thing out and I wanted him to just stop, but there was no, he had no choice. The crowning moment was when Joe got let go. And I told the story last time about why I was not going to ever root for the Bills, uh, well, for the Giants, and then not root for the Bills because the Giants pretty much ended the career, the 49ers career portion of Joe Montana. And Joe ended up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Led him to an AFC championship game. That was just another product of his greatness at 38 years old. Um, But Jerry Rice was the last thing that I was holding on to. And that was those Mariucci years. Those are hard. But when Terrell Owens catches 20 balls on Jerry Rice Day, I said, that's it. I, I can't do it. But I didn't yet understand this. I'm like, you already allowed all of my favorite players to walk. Didn't understand that they were just too old to keep doing it. Didn't understand who was behind these guys. And, of course, after we won the Super Bowl, um, against the Chargers, the Super Bowl 49, uh, not 49, excuse me, Super Bowl 29, uh, 49 to 26, I still had that game on cassette tape, um, on VHS tape. I was done a couple of years after that. I mean, Steve had to retire, you know, injuries, concussions, issues like that. The team wasn't the same. They were wearing those ugly throwbacks on top of that. So that didn't help. But when Jerry Rice got let go, and I, we knew he was leaving. We knew he had to. Um, and thanks a lot, Warren Sapp, for helping him to tear his ACL. But, I look, they had to go with somebody younger, newer. They did that. Go ahead. I mean, it is what it is. It was what it was. And I had to have that understanding of that's the way that pro football operates of course it's only gotten progressively worse um, but I, I ceased being a 49ers fan now the Steelers just ran in the family that was my father my father came along in the 70s he was a fan if I if I'm thinking correctly one day I'll have him on to tell you know his story or, or tell why but I think it had everything to do with Jefferson Street Joe Gilliam TSU. So him being the quarterback at one point, and of course that 74 season, Gilliam was the starting quarterback for that team for the first, I think it was the first three games. And he had a really bad game against the Oakland Raiders. He threw one too many interceptions uh, and Terry Bradshaw ended up taking over. Um, So that's the genesis of that. That's the reason why I'm not a 49ers fan anymore. Of course, 
I've been wanting to, you know, call up my old flame, <laughs> so to speak. And they were back in those great 49er uniforms. And I'm looking up at my television right now. Pick six, by the way, the 49ers are leading with 12 seconds to go before the half. Um, look, man, but I, I can't do that. I'm a Steelers fan. It's where it is. And looking at the playoff picture, um, I talked about last week, who do you trust? Who do you trust? And I don't see too many teams as far as um, wild cards. Uh, I don't know. Um, right now, as of right now, this minute, of course, the Ravens, I think they have the number one seed throughout the playoffs. They are my Super Bowl favorite. The Pats, they just clinched the AFC East for the 11th straight year. They're 12 and 3 right now. Um, the Steelers, they're holding on to a possible playoff spot. Ah, if we make the playoffs, I really don't think we're going to win a game. Um, maybe if we was getting more offensive production than or in points, that's what I really, really mean. Uh, then I would trust them more. The Chiefs, uh, right now is look, that's what it's looking like. And then the Bills and the Texans. The Texans, they Obviously, they won their game earlier today. In the hunt, Titans at eight and six. And that's the team. And I live in this city of Nashville. They're right here on the heels. I don't root for the Titans when they're playing the Steelers. Other than that, I want to see the local team win. So Browns, they're done. I know they're on this list. They're done. Forget it. Um, the Raiders, how about that? The Jacksonville Jaguars going go into the final game in Oakland Coliseum. Sad. And, you know, I'm supposed to hate the Raiders. I didn't grow up with that hatred, um, although I can't necessarily, you know, be like, let's go Raiders. I do have a Raiders jersey in my house, though. My wife bought it. It's a Jerry Rice jersey. I, I was not going to get rid of that. I was not going to say no. I was not going to say no. The man in the jersey is who I root for. Anyway, in the NFC, it's going to be really, really interesting. The Seahawks right now, they have the number one seed. And in the same division, if you drop all the way to five at 11 and three, the 49ers, they're, they're in the playoffs. They're in. They've already clinched, as have the second seed Packers. We'll see what happens with them. The 10 and four Vikes, they play on Monday night football. The Saints, they clinched, clinched a playoff birth right now sitting in the third seed they'll have a uh a home game um and the cowboys seven and seven how about that <laughs> they're sitting at four and that, yeah that's the sad part about it we've been reminded of that um this entire week they will host a playoff game if they make the playoffs then there's the rams and the eagles um, and it's a very big game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. They are looking to try and unseat the Cowboys. I don't know how it's going to happen. Carson Wentz has no receivers. He's got former quarterbacks catching touchdowns for him right now. What's his name? Greg Lewis, I believe. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it's not it's not looking really good. The future's not looking really bright for the rest of the Eagles season. But, boy, I'll tell you this right now. 
Cowboys better not lose that game. They better not lose that game. And, and look, I have an understanding that the reports say that Dak Prescott has a what a shoulder injury between between the shoulder and hand injury. Now he's not listed as far as today from today. He's not listed on the injury report at all. So I I expect him. He's going to play. Obviously, he's going to start. I really still to this. I don't trust it. Um, matter of fact, he's my starting quarterback in one of my fantasy leagues and then on the other one I put him on the bench I don't trust it I started A.A. Ron Aaron Rodgers he's starting for me in my ESPN league in my NFL.com league I don't have a choice it's either him or Phillip Rivers not looking really good for Phillip Rivers right now he might need to think about spend a little bit more time with that basketball team he has at home a lot of kids man a lot of kids and I'm sure that they'll be looking to draft a quarterback going forward. That's the playoff picture as of right now. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's halftime, 49ers and Rams. I think what I'm going to do is get back to watching a little bit of football. Just want to drop in a little sports. Again, this podcast is designed. This all sports podcast is exactly what I just said all sports okay um we don't talk a whole lot of sports on the light brothers podcast we do talk some um and from a different different perspective because this is more my speed this is what i love to do i don't necessarily like breaking down games all the time but i like talking about these things these are things and backstories that i really love so we give you a little mix of both. I know we have a lot of different people. We want to provide for all of those. Eventually, we're going to break down the NFL's. Again, this is the NFL's 100. We want to break down the team once it's been finalized. I could go week to week, but I just said, eh, I'll wait till everything goes down. The quarterbacks are next. So again, I don't like talking about you know, the best and the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I will say this, that this team is certainly bigger than the Hall of Fame. If you make the NFL's 100 team, like Deion Sanders, we know he's the greatest quarterback, cornerback in the history of the NFL. That's what it is. It is what it is. You know, you make this team, oh, yeah, you're good. You're really good. There are people that can make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But you make the NFL 100, yeah, you're in there. You're in there. So that'll be all for tonight. I think uh, me and the wife, we're going to go catch a bite. We had our anniversary the other night. Um, happy anniversary, honey. It's been a great 21 years with you. And... uh we didn't get to really celebrate because of work. We both have demanding jobs, uh, especially at this time of the year. And look, we're going to take advantage, spend some quality time with one another. And look, I'll see y'all next week. Peace.